0: Cain is in the building. The show goes on, on night. So, morning
1: we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the sun? Just remember when the sun was out. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2019 Byron, AT&T Byron Nelson Classic, giving their proper dues because they aren't paying me, but we'll give them the proper dues. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at and You can find the podcast at Always Press DFS and my co-host. As always, find him on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how are we doing, man? Doing well, dude. Good. That's it. Good. Keeping it clean. Yeah. Do we have, do we have yeah, a Kentucky, no. Kentucky no. weather update?
0: Yeah, it just fucking rains all the time living in a rainforest. That's
1: it. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful stuff there. Um we'll just get right at it there. If that's what that's how we're if that's how we're living. Um, the Wells Fargo wrapped up. Rory had a good weekend, kind of disappeared on Sunday, but our Twitter's own, let's call him Twitter's own, Max Homa dominated. He gained almost ten strokes putting this week. He was something special. The celebration was great. This is a guy that um, I was reading. like uh, Kevin Price, our buddy from uh, the web.com was talking about how he had to birdie four straight holes in Portland last year just to qualify to be on tour this year, and he did that. And now here he is winning one point four million and one one of the toughest courses in golf. Any thoughts on Max Homa taking down the Wells Fargo? Um,
0: I don't much. Uh, I didn't get to watch uh, much golf this weekend. Um, but, man, it just continues to be like a uh, – Bunch of guys out of nowhere winning this year. Um, Adam Long, uh, Max Homan now. Uh, and then there's – I'm sure Rick, we could come up with a huge list of them. But, man, pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, uh, Phil Mickelson also commented on it and said, you know, Max is a good guy, a funny guy, and good for golf. So, you know, it's – man, predicting golf is so hard.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> great. It, no, it is. It, it's crazy because – like you, you mentioned Adam Long, uh, CT Pan. I think there's one other one, all like way over 100 to 1 odds, way over 100 to 1 odds. I don't so, know what Cam
0: Champ was when he won, but yeah, I'm, true. Really sure, he, I'm sure he was decently long because he
1: never won on tour, obviously. Yeah, so some so some big boys are uh, some, I'm not going to say little guys, but new guys are turning into big boys real quickly on tour. So it's going to be fun. Like when we preview the tournament of champions next year, it's going to be pretty wild.
0: Yeah, well, and uh, you know, one thing I saw on Twitter today, I f I can't remember who tweeted it, but this was the second time this year that the four hundred and seventeenth ranked golfer in the world won. Adam Long was the first one, obviously, in California and then now Max Oma.
1: Exactly four seventeen? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> they
0: were both four seventeen when they won. Something the odd, around the odds there. Of that is insane. Don't hundred percent quote on me, but it was way back and they were the same rank. Yeah, it's just it's uh it's a man, it's been it's been quite a year. And uh, also, too, I mean, Jason Duffner being in the, the mix there. I know we're, we haven't really moved on to that segment of other guys, but Jason Duffner, who missed every cut this year and then finally made one at the Heritage and switched his putters, which, you know, I was thinking, man, like, that's really the kind of content that we need. Like, going into the week, you know, Jason Duffner's got this new putter. Yeah. I, then i might give him a little bit more of a look just because man I, I know how it is when you play golf you know if i got a new putter i'm not thinking so much about the technicalities of it or whatever it, it, your mind is a little bit different thinking and so it makes you hit the golf ball differently and he showed it with he's still sketchy as shit from like five feet in but he made a bunch of putts on uh on friday to shoot 63 and, and get up there and then you a blah weekend but
1: yeah, no, having like a, a some beat reporters that actually reported on what they're seeing in practice rounds and stuff would be pretty nice. It would definitely be helpful. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a niche for that for sure. I know some people have mentioned it and it didn't get received very well, um, and that seems kind of odd with the the, the, the world of DraftKings and just fantasy golf growing so much, with the world of legalized sports betting growing so much. Um, you might want to get everything out there on an even playing field, you'd think, because you got to know some people – Know that he had a new putter, but not very many. Um right. So I, I don't know how you want to justify it. It'd be nice. I don't. I don't know if we're ever going to get it, but it'd be nice.
0: We won't. We won't. I mean, it's just one of those things in golf where it's individual sport. Like, you know, just unless like Tiger Woods switches putters, we're not going to ever hear about Jason Duffner's coming off seven straight missed cuts and finally made one cut at the Heritage and finished sixty third switching putters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sitting here going to say like I would have definitely played him. You know, but. Um, I would have given him thought. I had no thought towards Max Homa or, you know, Jason Duffner this week.
1: No, and I was going to ask that because, like, Max Homa, his, his interviews come out. They've advertised it a lot more, and other people have advertised it. The No Lane Up pod from like last year with Max Homa because the No Lane Up guys, they started out kind of getting to know the web t- got web.com guys before they kind of went big, which is how you do it. And that Max Homa was really good. It was like humbling. It was, he was talking about how much he like, because he dominated in college. This guy was like a, Top notch golfer, and then it just disappeared. It's like you play the game a lot, Jesse. I play the game a lot. There's certain days like you know, you've been playing good for a few weeks, and you just get out there and it's just gone. Like, you don't know what the hell's going on, you can't do anything you want to do. And he lost it. Like, he it just his whole game disappeared. He talks about it and how like each week was just a grind to make the cut, this, that, and the other. And he uh, it was very interesting. If you look at his his numbers this year, it was a lot of miscuts and a couple of good tournaments, but he's a good dude, good Twitter guy um it was good to see him win i'm curious to see where he keeps going because you mentioned adam long he really hasn't done too much since then uh there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on so we'll see how adam long or uh max homa does for sure
0: yeah it's one of those things where it's it's hard to i think for these guys it's hard to bounce back from that but uh they most certainly can
1: yep they definitely can so that'll be fun to see where it picks up um you know, JT's a buddy of his, and he already basically tweeted out yesterday that, and like you said to Phil, a lot of these guys are good friends, and that's how you can tell Max is a good dude. So, like, JT tweets out um, something like congrats because they were in, they played college events together and a bunch of other events. He's like, I have a good feeling that Max is going to party hard tonight. And then first thing this morning, Max withdraws from the Byron Nelson Classic. So, life is good with him. Um, a couple other things we can move on, just minor things that make Max kind of such a fun story. When you win your first tournament and your first ever tweet is a gif of Michael Jordan in the finals, that's pretty solid. Um, the the gif, you have to go check it out. That was pretty funny stuff. And then um, just the the overall, just like we talked about already, the outpouring of other PGA players. It was pretty cool to uh, to see him do what he did. Luke Donald had a good tweet just about how the whole game of golf's in really good spots like we've talked about before. So it, it's cool. It's really cool to see. And that's why, you know, I always talk about it. And, even, and we'll talk about it this week. The field's not loaded this week. But it's fun because you get a lot of guys like the Max Homers of the world that you might not know about, and they might not win it, but they'll contend at least they become on your radar. Like you know who they are from good weeks. And by no means am I saying it's fun. It makes doing what we're about to do very difficult, but um, it it makes it intriguing. Yep. Uh, Any other thoughts? Uh, I was tilting my brain off because after day one, I was looking beautiful. I was like minus one or better. Then Gary Woodland goes off the rails towards the end of round one. Then he withdraws in round three. Um, J.B. Holmes decided that he didn't want to play golf this week. That was something special. <laughs> uh, he withdrew after going nine over the first day. And I didn't even hear a report about an injury or anything. He literally said, yep, I'm out. No way I'm going low, even though a few guys went low on Friday. But um, those were tilt-my-face-off moments. I had a lot of guys that were had great first rounds and then disappeared in the second round. So one five of six, and that had J.B. with it. It got home. It, it cashed. But uh, the other two lineups, not so much. Anything uh, you want to mention on your DK week? Uh or just, yeah. thoughts, or just thoughts on the rest of the tournament?
0: I was about the same except for I had a five of six that did not cash because Rory McElroy decided to back up. But yeah, dude, what about Phil? The the one the first fucking time <laughs> that we're on this guy in forever, fifteen of fifteen made cuts at that at, at Quill Hollow. And he, he what did he shoot on s- s- Friday? Like
1: he went bleeding five. Yeah, it was bad. Bad news bears. He
0: must have got a. I I mean, the only thing I can think is that he got a call and somebody's like, you need to come up here to Louisville for the Derby. There's going to be a 67-1 to 1 shot that's going to win this thing. I think it was –
1: Yeah, Tom Brady <laughs> wants your calf recipe, and he wants to know how to fix his calves. Can you come him up here quickly, please? Along those lines. I don't
0: know, dude. He, he lost it. Like He was just hitting it everywhere. That was one of the more bizarre things. Like some of those performance,
1: some of those performances last week from some of the guys you kind of trusted with good track records, because you look at the leaderboard. There's some good players, but like you said, and they're all good. Never mind. Well, there's, there's some,
0: some really, fun. there's some really wow. good players. Yeah, you got. Well, you had Rose up there, Fowler, exactly. Sergio. I mean, it, it was a good leaderboard,
1: but there it was also littered with some other guys. It almost felt like it was what this week might be, where some guys kind of take the week off, getting ready for a major. It was almost like a week earlier we saw some weird stuff kind of taking place. What about the uh, what about your boy Pat Perez? I did not. Say, I saw him uh, going into the week and doing okay. How did he finish? I don't know where he finished, but he played. I mean, he was yeah, he played well. We talked about him, him this week. Well, we huh? were curious on where he'd be first event back in a while, and he. Uh, <laughs> we we know Flat Bill when he's locked in, he's a at least a good cash game play week in and week out. He might not contend, but he's a cut making machine. Um, yeah. And that, that's something to pay attention to because he's in this field again today or that we'll talk about tonight. So be interesting to see how flat bill does. Yep. All right, let's move on to the at and Byron Nelson classic. I'll get to the course preview in a moment, but Jesse, any uh, past event history. It's only been at this course one time, but what do you yeah. got for it?
0: Yeah. So the the last year, 2018 was the first year at the Trinity forest golf club in Dallas uh, so, really, the rest of the winners don't matter. But Aaron Wise shot 23 under and beat Mark Leishman by three shots. Um, you know, the, as far as the event goes, which these winners were a different golf course, TPC, something. Um, Billy Horschel, Sergio Garcia has won this twice. Uh, Mr. Steven Botich is a past champion here. Jason Duffner has won this tournament before. Um, Jason Day. Rory Sabatini. Also, he actually holds the, uh, he actually holds the 64, or I'm sorry, 72 hole tournament record at 261 total, which is 19 under, um, I'm not going to get into into everything, but long story short, in 2009, your boy Sabs, who's again priced outrageously high this week, but we'll get there.
1: So I was going to say, is last week he thought seventy seven was high, and he get finished. Yeah, he dude. finished eighteenth, which is outstanding. Great. Yeah, we'll get into what this week's price is here shortly. And when I took my notes on my price point break, I'm like, we got to that point. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love the man, but he'll be low owned. Let's put it that way. Um, all right, it. you mentioned first year last year at Trinity Forest Golf Course. It's a Crenshaw and. Uh, Core design, I believe it was, I totally screwed up that one, but uh, par 71, 7,371 yards. They um changed a couple holes around, it's pretty much the same deal, but they lengthened a couple par threes, um, made, made them a little harder to get to, and then they shortened a par four to make it a little more exciting. Um, a core and shot. yeah, I got that right. Um, but overall, it was crazy that you said the scoring because it was dry. Guys were talking about Leishman was talking about hitting his three wood 300 yards. There are no trees out here. From those I remember last year, it was built on a landfill. There's no trees. There's no water. There's 85 plus bunkers. There's ginormous greens, like huge greens. Some of the greens, share greens, like so they're like double the size of what you'd expect. It's huge. There's a lot going on on this golf course. Uh, short game is important because it's kind of a link style deal where there's a lot. There's sometimes there's run off, some up and down, kind of punching and running type things. Um, Adam Scott and some others were saying last year, you want to hit it about 30 to 40 yards short and run things up there. That's kind of the philosophy. Uh, since there is no trees, though, if wind picks up, it can be interesting. And currently nothing really windy yet, but it might get there towards the weekend. It's been really wet there. The, the superintendent was saying over an inch and a half of rain recently. And if it keeps raining like it's supposed to off and on this week, slight chances Thursday and Friday, like 40% chances on Friday, this course is going to play much, much longer than it did last year. So scoring might be a little difficult, or it's just bomb and gouge and go to town um it's so wide open like if you miss left you miss right you're not gonna be in super big trouble the rough is there but it's not crazy crazy unless it does rain then it might get thicker than normal hard to maintain that but all in all super wide fairways that run out a ton um you don't need to it's the less than driver course because of the run out if it rains a lot the driver guys will have an advantage but still it'll play pretty well for everybody um other than that it, there's not too much to it it's just wide open and you look at the scoreboard last year, all different types of golf games. It's not just one single type of golfer gets it done here. Uh, what's your thoughts? Uh, what's your key stats you're looking for here, Jesse?
0: Yeah, getting off the tee is important, or at least it was last year. Um, so I'll be waiting driving distance, or you can you know, wait, obviously, strokes gained off the tee, uh, and then hitting greens again. Um, you know, I'm obviously going to, with the scores last year, assuming it holds, uh, birdie or better would be. My uh my go to um, as far as scoring scoring goes, you know, and and if I'm on, um, uh, fancy national, looking at proximity and and opportunities gained as well. Um, these greens are massive, uh, so you know, obviously, if you're not hitting it exactly where you want, you may still hit the green. Um, so you could also you know include three putt avoidance in there if you'd like. Uh, because it, from what I remember here last year, it's it's wide open little yeah. to no rough yeah. and um just some really cool looking greens it it reminds you of like a british open type they, of golf
1: course yeah. they call it the american links yeah, so, yeah i thing. mean
0: it it's uh it it's it's a cool looking set up i remember everything was kind of brown
1: last yeah. year um and then they've
0: got bermuda greens right you said the, Yes,
1: bermuda greens like best of the best type bermudas and they're about 10 and a half to 11 on the stem they're rather slow in case it does get windy that's why they're that slow
0: yeah so it's that's the kind of the, the defense of the golf course is the wind and obviously i'm guessing we didn't have i don't remember last year well, i'm nope. guessing we didn't have any last year and if we don't have any this year expect the scores to be pretty low so you need some birdie makers
1: Yep, most definitely. All right, a little bit of fan share for you guys coming in in good form. DraftKings scoring-wise, last three events, Kevin Na leads the way. Yes, Kevin Na, 85 DK points on average. Lucas Baergaard, Henrik Stenson, Tomas Peters, Fratelli, Brooks. Brooks is all the way down to six. Brendan Todd, Leishman, and Matt Jones. So it's a hell of a set of names there, folks, in this tournament. Uh, looking at DraftKings finishers from last year, you, you would expect most of these kind of in order of how they finished. But also, you're talking birdie makers. You have Aaron Wise; he he's uh, 146 DK points, made 25 birdies. Brendan Grace made 24 birdies. JJ Spawn 25. Ryan Blom 26 for 117 DK points. Jimmy Walker played here as well as he likes to do on Texas courses. So a couple names there. You can get a cool little rundown of the event last year are looking over there at FanShare on the just the results from last year's tournament. And then guys in good course form through the one year here, and then good course history, our current form in course history, Aaron Wise, Leishman, he's the one who went like 10 under in day one and kind of held on but didn't do much. Um, Kevin Nah is another guy, Matt Jones, and Rory Sabatini is coming in in great form and decent course history. With all that being said, Jesse, let's get into the DraftKings pricing. It's a weird field, as we would expect for this deal. 10K and above. You got Brooks at eleven four, Hadecki at eleven thousand, Speeth at ten eight, Stenson ten three, Leishman at ten thousand. What do you like in here?
0: Yes, yeah, is uh I mean it's it's just hard for some of these guys to be this high priced, in my opinion, but I think Brooks is obviously well deserving to be the overall price um, rates out number one on my model on uh, fantasy labs. So do like him quite a bit. Uh, Hideki would be my next choice at 11,000. Um, the other three, you know, I mean, of the other three, Mark Leishman would be the guy that I would kind of look at there. Obviously finished second here last year. His form coming in is just kind of odd. Um, was playing really well early on in the season and has fallen off a little bit miscut uh, at the players championship and then 49th at the masters and uh, 58th at the heritage that really had a whole lot of success at the heritage though. So I don't wait that a whole heck of a lot, but he definitely played better at the masters last year coming into this. So, um, he's interesting at, at, at 10,000. I just wonder if everybody will see his second place finish last year and then kind of start piling on. That would be my only kind of concern with him. I would, if he's going to be high owned, I would go the other way. I would go Brooks or Hideki. Um, But then again, you know, if he's going to be, if he's not getting touted that much and he's going to be lower owned, you know, then I think he's a, he's a fine play. He saves quite a bit of money too over obviously Brooks.
1: Yeah. Brooks is by far and away the elite of the elite in this field. If you're going to pay up, pay for Brooks would be the way I I look at it. Uh, Other than him, though, I I like your leashman take. If he's hot, I don't want nothing to do with him, but he could be in for a very nice one. Course history. He likes, he likes these link style courses. A lot of these, Australians and Euro guys will play in wind and links very well, so you're going to see a lot of that on my picks at least. And then the other guy, just out of curiosity, when he when I see his ownership, he'll have my attention probably. Is Henrik Stenson? Not the greatest form; it's been getting better week in and week out. T twenty four, T thirty six, T twenty eight. His last three events, it's just that three wood. He's starting to get that thing locked in, and if that three wood is locked in on this course, he can he can and without a lot of trouble in the way. This could be a week for Stenson to get back in, and he is still a top, you know, 40 or 50 player in the world. So someone to keep in mind, but it it is ugly form, like some of these guys up here. But uh, it's Brooks all the way, and then Stenson and Leishman both have my attention based on ownership. But ideally, I probably won't be up here at all. That's probably where I'll be. uh, I'll be playing my fact down below, most likely.
0: Yeah, you got to find that guy in the 6K who's ranked like 420th in the world is going to win this week, right?
1: So. Yeah, exactly. Who is this week's Max Homa? That is the question. Um, let's go into the 9K range here. you got Patty Reed, 9800 bucks. Great first two days. Disappeared on the weekend. Uh, his wife must have told him they had plans. Uh, Sun J.M., 9600 bucks. Aaron Y. is a defending champion at 94. I can't wait to see that ownership number. Brennan Grace, 92 Keith Mitchell, 91 And Rory Sabatini, Nine thousand dollars. Never thought I'd see that day, Jesse. Never thought I'd see it.
0: Yeah. Um, um I'm g I am i am just the only thing I can think of is that DraftKings way tournament history. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like uh, I'm I'm rather confused. Um he did play here last year and finished thirteenth. So uh and, and obviously the, the field is weak. He's coming off two straight top twenties. He started really bad last week. He shot seventy six on Thursday. I thought he was just going to wreck everything. Um, cause I did play him, but he bounced back really nicely with, so he's five over to five under the next day. Um, and, and had a decent weekend there. So I like Sabatini at 9,000. Now if, I, I hope that people don't like the price tag and don't play him. Um, but I do think that the top 10 upside is there and that's really all you're looking for with a, you know, guy priced right there. My second favorite play would be Keith Mitchell. Um, I know you mentioned him last week, uh, does like the Bermuda greens finished third here last year, uh, coming off that top 10 there at the Wells Fargo. Um, sad. I missed that, but, uh, I, I, I like him. I, th- I think he could, you know, he could fare well here where you can just, just knock it way the fuck out there and then, you know, try to make a putt. Uh, and then lastly, yeah, Aaron wise, man, obviously the winner last year, 9,400, two straight top twenties on tour 17th of the masters 14th or I'm sorry, 18th last week. At the Wells Fargo, but his 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 form is just odd. Um, I mean, argue, arguably, last year he was second at the Wells Fargo coming in before his victory here, and his finishes last year were kind of sort of the same. So, but I, I think he's playable. I just you know, it's I mean, really hard to stomach paying paying ninety four hundred for Aaron Wise, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I think people flocked him. As the defending champion, they've seen a couple decent weeks in a row, not great by any means. But uh, Sabatini, I'm, I'm surprised you said it because I'm with you. I think $9,000, the fact he's priced so high, like for me, he's almost a cash game lock him in for me as a top like high-end guy. I, really, I have confidence in him making the cut. Now where he'll finish there is the question. But in a field like this, he's showing he can compete. and He likes playing down here in Texas, and just overall he's playing really, really well. So I, I like Sabs at $9,000. And I have a feeling he's going to come in super low on. He'll let you maybe eat some more chalk in the eights and the 7K range instead of having to dip down and get crazy. So I do like Sabatini at 9,000. And I love Killer Keith Mitchell at 9,100 bucks. I'm a big fan of this. Awesome week last week, uh, you know, 10th. Finished third here last year. It can be a bombing gouge week, especially if it gets a little wet like it might get. And he's got those kind of tools in the bag. He loves those Bermuda greens. He's, uh, there, you know, you can look online and see some quotes from this tournament last year and and, and Keith likes this course a lot. He was talking about how much he liked how it fit uh, his eye and everything. So I really like Keith at 9,100 bucks. Curious to see what his ownership is as more and more people are coming accustomed to playing him out there. But I think he's very, very interesting. Uh, Aaron Wise, if the ownership's low somehow, I'm slightly intrigued, but I don't see it being low. And then Patrick Reed, he's always low owned. I think he was like 8% last week. He's a very, very good golfer. He has his, his issues mentally Personality wise, you name and he's got it. But at nine thousand eight hundred bucks, if he comes in low owned, he's good enough to win at this course. Um, so I, I, I'd rather have Reed over Leishman and Stenson personally. That's just me. Um, so I'm going to keep my eye on Reed as well. So for me, it's Mitchell, Reed, Sabatini, kind of in that order. What I'd like in this nine k range, but we'll kind of see what the ownership does for me. Eight k got Kevin Nod, eighty nine hundred bucks. Ryan Moore at eighty eight. Lucas Biergard at eighty seven. RCB at 86, Chucky, e. three sticks to 85, Piercy, 84, Tomas Peters, 83, Alex Norn, 82, Toborn Oleson, 81, and Russell Knox, 8,000, and Ryan Palmer, 8,000. This is a range I will make at least one lineup of all $8,000 guys. I really like this range. What's your thoughts here, Jesse?
0: Yeah, well, let's let's get this out of the way. Is it an RCB
1: week? Yes, big fan of RCB this week. I'll tell you right now, he's 45 to one, and that is a play. I'm a uh, big right. fan of RCB this week. This I do think he'll be I do,
0: I, I do think he could be chalky. Uh, that's where you differentiate
1: both. elsewhere. Is all I'm saying. I yeah, think yeah. is a great player this week. Well,
0: you know, either that or you 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 fade him for that reason. So that's um, you know, I never get him right. So I I don't know.
1: Well, you don't yeah, play I, him with me playing. I trust great. you.
0: Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> have to play him. I, I got too much FOMO on that. Uh, so. I, I think he is playable, but uh, my, my my other pl- – my more favorite plays in this range, Scott Piercy somehow, yep. some way, is uh, showing up way high on the model here. Finished 32nd here last year, coming off a third at the Heritage. Um, you know, just kind of Scott Piercy in around 50th a couple times, a miscut, and then some 10 some top 20s, you know, shit like that. Uh, uh, you know, so I, at 84, I, I you know, he's like – borderline cash game playable, I think, in this field. Um, Thomas Peters, Tomas, whatever you want to call him, he reminds me of uh, like an angry Keith Mitchell. Yeah, I think I he, Keith. <laughs> I think Keith Mitchell's got a better temper probably, but uh, Thomas uh, t- tends to break clubs over his knees and stuff. Um, but like when he's good, he is like, – if he brings his A game – He's, in my opinion, he's a ten thousand dollar player in this yep. field. Um, but will he bring his aim game? That you know, obviously, that's the question. But for a GPP, I like him quite a bit at eighty three hundred. I don't know how popular he will be. Um, you know, he's been playing mostly Euro Tour, so most people like your run of the mill. You know, dude isn't gonna know isn't gonna know him. So I could see him having some ascending ownership from the five dollar up to the four forty four. So being lower owned in the five dollar versus the four forty four. Uh, so just to kind of depending um, where you play there. But uh, the other two plays here for me would be Thor, Thorborn Olsen. Uh never played here, um, but did play the masters, played the players championship, made both cuts. Uh, so I don't mind him 8,100 in this field. Uh, and then Russell Knox, man, 8,000, um, you know, missed the cut at the heritage, but last year he finished 16th here and he b- made a bunch of cuts in a row before that. So, was gonna ignore that miscut the heritage and hope he can uh, bring his uh, better game this week and I like him at eight eight thousand. So
1: yeah, we have we have a lot of similarities here. RCB kind of already drilled about that long enough. Big big fan of RCB this week at $8,600. bucks. He'll be a core play of mine. I love the Piercy call. I, I didn't know if you're gonna be on him or not. Uh, cash games. He's close. GPP big time because he's got such bigger boom like Buster Boom potential. He's a long hitter. Um, like like we said many times, where this course doesn't have a lot of trouble to get into. Obviously, if you get too stupid, you can find yourself in trouble. But you know, a big layout like this, it's kind of wide open, plays really well in a guy like Scott Piercy's game. So, eighty four hundred bucks for Piercy, I like, and then I love the Tomas Peters call. Uh, this guy, literally, let's put it this way: if you can make a Ryder Cup team, you're a really good golfer. Tomas Peters is a very good golfer, and somehow he's eighty three hundred dollars in this field. It's very confusing, it, a lot to do with his inconsistencies and his not playing on the PGA tour as much. But this is an elite golfer, like you said. If he shows up, this dude can you can see him top 10 in it pretty easily, if not winning this yeah. event. So, I like Thomas Peter or Thomas Peters or whatever you want to say, quite a bit. Big fan of him at 8,300 bucks. Uh, we're, we're, we're very much on the same page here. I had Thorborn Olsen again at 8,100 bucks, another upper echelon European tour player coming over to this event. Uh, I like that quite a bit. What's your thoughts on Alexander Norn at 82? His form uh, is garbage, but man, he's so good.
0: Yeah. Um, I was a much bigger fan at the Heritage or yeah. the Masters. Um When did we... We talked about him at the Heritage, right? I think... Yeah, or, I think you were in T25 where.
1: or T26, something 28th. Like he finished
0: yeah. 28th. Is that where we talked about him? At, it, cause it was $7,000 yeah. at the Heritage. It was ridiculous his price of the Heritage. Yeah. He yeah.
1: paid, paid it off at 28th. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was... uh he was and he was super low owned. So you, you know you would think he'd be low owned here again. Um, obviously the pedigree is there, but you know the form has not been this year so far. Maybe he figured something out at the Heritage, had a week off, um, and is able to bring it back here. He should be low owned again.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, he's going to be. I mean, on if my it was one
0: percent, at, at you know at the Heritage at seven thousand, he should be he should be low. He should be below ten percent at eighty two hundred here.
1: Yeah, I like him based on well, – as the week goes on, I'll kind of pay attention to that a little more. Um, Lucas Beargard, interesting to see what his ownership could be. And then Kevin off, 8900 bucks. This is where I rode Kevin last year, and he was contending for quite a while, kind of fell off late. Um, $8,900, uh, I, I can go back to that Kevin not well. I love this 8K range. I really, really like this range a lot. If I said to pick like two or three, it's RCB, it's Peters, and it's Piercy that little mid- group in the middle there, but there, I, I can make an argument or hear an argument for almost everybody in this range. Big fan yeah. of the 8K range. It, it's where you could differentiate your lineup quite a bit if you really want to, or you eat the like I will, and we go somewhere else. Very simple. Um, 7K range, Jesse 7,500 and above who you like in there.
0: Uh, I'll start up top with Scotty Scheffler. Um, I think he uh, got like the, yeah, the final exemption um from like the actual tournament or whatever uh but he's fr- he played at the University of Texas um and he's currently ranked uh 3rd on the web.com tour with five top 10s in 2019 that's courtesy of at uh mints golf ron Mintz. um I knew I saw something about that earlier uh and he actually rates out pretty highly on my model so uh the good thing about fancy labs is they bring in stats from all the other tours um it's obviously not strokes gain stats but it's you know web.com stats you know as far as greens and regulation driving accuracy driving distance so on and so forth uh second at the nashville golf open uh last week um seventh the week before that he played the texas open he finished 20th um i like him quite a bit at 7900 i hope that he's low owned i don't know if he'll go under the radar or whatever but uh I like him quite a bit at 7,900. Um, we're doing the whole 7K, right?
1: 75 and above.
0: Okay. All right. Pat Perez, 7,700. I mean, he showed me enough last week. You know, I mean, we, we already mentioned him. Um, Seventy. Finished I don't eighth. know. Finished eighth. Yeah. That's I don't know what his ailment was, and that was with a 74, 74 on Sunday. Final yeah. round, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he, he shot six in the 60s all three rounds previous to Sunday. So, um, you know, he was feeling it, and that was really a lot of good – scrambling but either way I'll, I'll i'll go back to him at 7700 this week he's kind of the daniel Berger that i talked about last week which um, daniel burger's another guy at 7500 who I, th- I think is playable again but uh trey mullinax would be the other guy besides Berger. um he's uh his in, the stats model put together on fancy La- or fancy national um he actually ranks pretty highly over the last 12 rounds um so, I, I'm I'm filling him this week. I, he's tilting to me because I don't get him right. But I think he's most definitely playable. He's never played here just one year. He didn't play here last year, basically. But 50th, Wells Fargo, 16th at the Heritage, missed the cut at the Texas Open. I mean, he's up and down, but at 7,600, I think he's got the upside there to, to maybe be like this year's Aaron Wise or something.
1: Yeah, I don't hate that at all. What do you think C.T. Pan's ownership is going to be after winning the Heritage?
0: Uh, I would say next to none. See him play still. last week. Yeah, you think I mean, he's still people, that low? Yeah, people forgot about it already. I would think. I mean, he finished thirty second here last year too. So,
1: if he's low, I'm intrigued. Yeah, the, the iron play will go a long ways here if it, if it's rolling out the way it's supposed to.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of him. Not a must
1: play by any means. I'm just saying. I, well, I think Scheffler's gonna be popular. What you mentioned, I've already heard Mayo mention him a couple of times and a few others. And that's why I think it could be a pivot.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Justin Harding's other guy there that we, you know, he yeah. could potentially pivot off of too. I, I didn't realize that Mayo had, I hadn't listened to Mayo or anything. So I didn't realize he had mentioned him.
1: Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. It doesn't always work that way, but,
0: um... no, it does. No, let's, let's be honest. These <laughs> getting like 10,000 listens a week, you know, I mean,
1: yeah, But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But, yeah, CT CT will be a shame. If he's super low and I like his just overall play, especially for, like, cash games, I I like what CT can bring to the table for you. Uh, Jimmy Walker will be interesting. I know he's not coming in in the best of forms, but he's still making cuts right now. It's just not winning, so maybe more cash game than GPP. But Texas courses, Jimmy Walker, it's a narrative unlike any other. So 7,700. A guy I like, I mentioned him last week, and he finished 13th. He had a sixth the week before at the Heritage. Is Seamus Powers coming in in really, really good form. I know he missed a cut at the Valero, but then prior to that, a, a T-44, a miscut, a T-35, a miscut. That's Seamus to a T, but back-to-back weeks, playing really well, making a lot of birdies. A lot of birdies out there. Even when he's missing cuts, he's making a lot of birdies. So Seamus power at 77, does have my attention. I like your Pat Perez call. I'm with you there. And then the last guy I'll mention at 7,500 and above, actually I actually have two. Um, Kevin Tway, he's a local, I believe he's a Texas boy from what I heard before. He likes playing in the wind. So uh, 7,600 bucks, and he's a bomber. Someone to think about if he's there. He's not coming in the best form. As He finished 36th at the Masters, but then had um, whew, like six straight missed cuts for, for that. So be buyer beware there, but could be a super low on play. And then uh, Dylan Fratelli. it's a guy I've been on a lot this year just because he's a consistent uh, poker and prodder. T24 at the Wells Fargo. Uh, he's made four straight cuts, five of his last six. Uh, and some of those are pretty tough courses. So Fratelli at 75 has my attention as well. Who do you like below seven thousand
0: five hundred dollars? Start up at seventy four with Brian Stewart, forty um, second here last year, sixteenth at the Heritage, fourth at the Texas Open, uh, miscut Corrales, but eighteenth again at the at the Valspar there. So, um, I like him quite a bit at seventy four hundred. Sam Burns, man, he burned me last week. So I had, I had one team that had both WDs. Prior to the Woodland WD, That's so I had good. JB I had JB and Sam Burns on the same fucking team with Justin Rose, of course, who ends up beating Rory and probably scoring more points. I don't know where each one each one of them ended up, but um, I don't know what he's. I don't I don't know why. I mean, he shot seventy seven on Thursday. Maybe he just had the JB itis and just said, <laughs> F it, out. I'm out." You know, yeah. I, I'm not coming back from this. I, I'm not really sure um be interesting to see if there's any news on him this week because you know it, it he should have major depressed ownership he was f- almost 15% owned, which surprised me he was 20% owned in cash games which again surprised me i'm like I'm super confused why everybody's was on Sandburns. i mean obviously come off the top 10 at the heritage whatever but anyways so he he'll be one to monitor um if we don't have any news about him you know i would i would probably be totally fine with playing him. Um, Troy Merritt at 7,100. He played here last year, finished 53rd, coming off the top 10 at the Heritage. Uh, nobody will be on him. Um, really good putter. Uh, you know, he 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 tends to, that tends to be his strength. Um, very accurate off the tee, which isn't going to matter here. He doesn't hit it super, super long. I mean, he can get it out there. In Australia, at the Australian PGA Championship, he averaged 325 off the tee. I don't know if they were playing it like, 10,000 feet or something, but, uh, you know, so, I mean, he, he can get it out there and I think he's totally fine. He's writing up pretty high in the old labs mall here. So 7,100, like him quite a bit. And then last but not least uh, 7,000, Adam Shank, shank 59th year last year, come off 13th at the Wells Fargo, miscut the heritage seventh at the Texas open. Um, he's playing really good golf and just making a lot, a lot of birdies. He will throw in your bogeys, So buyer beware on that, but, uh, at 7000 I like him quite a bit. I like him.
1: Yeah, he's a pretty good one down there at the 7K range. That could uh, get you through the cut line. He's, he's better than a 7K golfer in this field. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you there 100%. Uh, Nick Watney at 74, just a guy, just consistently not going to win it for you, but playing good golf, coming off a nice cut this past week uh, at the Wells Fargo T31. You know, I missed his previous two cuts, uh, but we know Nick, and he's, he's not the same Nick Watney of all, but 7400 bucks in this field. I will give him a shot. A couple that burned myself and others last week, Wyndham Clark and Sung Kang. Or, uh, yeah, Sung Kang, $7,300. Both these guys were coming in in very good form before last week, and both of them made a disaster of the week. I think going back to – I like Clark more than Kang. But I think both can be very interesting plays, low-ownership type plays with upside at $7,300 this week, burning people, jump back on that train before they heat up again. Uh Brian Gay, like cash game wise, is a cut machine. He likes he likes his course and he's made uh four straight cuts, but he's not containing the T forty six best finish. So cash game only, but if you're looking for a cheaper guy to get through the weekend, look at Brian Gay. A couple others for you here. Um you mentioned Troy Merritt. I like that call quite a bit. But Nick Taylor at seven thousand dollars is content he's made fourteen of seventeen cuts this year, and he's made uh like eight straight on tour, although going back to ATT T Pebble Beach. He finished T54 last week. He's got his best finish over that time is a T16 at the Players. So he's he's hit and miss, but he's making cuts at, at seven thousand dollars. I like that. I like the Shank call. And the last one is Kramer Hickok at seven thousand uh, dollars. Not coming into the greatest form, you know, a 60 at the Wells Fargo, missed cut at Valero, then a tenth at Punta Cana. But that seven thousand dollars, a little bit upside there in texas uh it's gonna be messy in this low sevens and, and 6k range so i like that shank call a lot at seven thousand dollars i think you could have some some fun with that one i'll just go real quick i have two guys i wrote down for 6k maybe i'll find more later but i'm gonna go back to the usual suspects julian etulin made another cut it's what he does uh he kind of shit the bed over the weekend but he made the cut got through for you and then uh you mentioned him last week i've been on him a couple times. Uh, Hank Lavoida. He he did he played okay again. So those would be the two guys I'd be looking at. Not much else catches my attention at the moment. What about you?
0: Um yeah, it's uh I have got Hank uh checked off here. I've got two others. Um Alex Prig Prug. I don't know, at uh at sixty nine this week. Um, he didn't play here last year, but uh coming off a thirty first at the Wells Fargo just rates out high on the labs model. for some reason I've got him checked off. Um, and then Jim noose coast I don't know if the K is silent or not. <laughs>
1: I think it's like, uh, I think it's like noose or now, but I, uh, I don't know. Noose,
0: yeah. Noose probably makes sense. Um, anyways, 13th last week at the Wells Fargo, Texas open. He was 63rd. Um, so I, at 6,600, I, I think that's about as low as I would go here. Um, most likely the winner comes from below sixty six hundred though. I mean just uh just going off past the
1: way it's going. Best shit. Yeah.
0: Uh but yeah, I mean so those would be my three. You know, obviously Hank, I, I had I was on him last week too, and he didn't have a very good weekend, but uh, and he almost completely Probably, came out yeah. of it on on Friday,
1: but he made it through. So Yeah, uh, I was really I was really happy when Friday ended and saw how well he played. I'm like, Okay, sweet, we got this coming in strong and then no, not at all. Yeah. That's he was typical, up and down a, man. I should, I should was, tell people I should tell people my 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 lineup's Friday night. So you know who to fade on the showdowns on the
0: weekend. You could just sell them like yeah. that, that could be a new tout site. Yeah. Like,
1: you, like literally these guys play great and they're going to shit the bed on the weekend. So play, <laughs> don't play these guys, fade these guys. <laughs> like I've had so many 6 to 6 early this year it's we'll, unbelievable.
0: We'll tout who's going to be shitty. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. We 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 could just use our picks probably.
1: <laughs> oh, now we <laughs> got me,
0: Anyways, me, you're still doing just fine. Like, no, been rough, it. been it's a been a rough, rough go.
1: It's been a rough go. It's a, it's a grind, to say the least, yeah. uh, as it always is. Let's recap the pricing real quick. Kind of give our top plays from each bracket of prices, 10K and above, you got Brooks, Matsuyama, Spieth, Stenson, Leishman. Who's your number one play not named Brooks Kepka.
0: Yeah, it'd be Hideki for me.
1: Okay. For me, it'll be... I'll say Leishman, but I have a feeling I'm gonna get attracted to Stinson as the week goes on. I'm gonna say Leishman right now. Um nine K, pretty solid range here. Reed, M, Wise, Grace, Killer Keith, and Sabatini. Who's your number one target here? Uh Keith. Keith. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm big on Keith this week. So let's hope that that rock and roll train starts and keeps going. Eight K range is locked and loaded. Give me two guys in the eight K range. Uh
0: Piercy and Peters.
1: Mine's RCB and Peters, so I like that quite a bit. If you're paying attention at home, if you start with Mitchell and Peters, you have the unanimous duo. Um, Give me three guys in 7K.
0: Uh, Scheffler, uh, you know, again, that kind of depends on the ownership. But, uh, you know, anyways, 7,900 Scheffler. Stewart uh, at 7,400, and then Troy Merritt at 71.
1: Um, I got Seamus Power at seventy seven. For Telly at seventy five, and we'll go. uh We'll go Shank at seven thousand. I'll go with that one, and then we don't need to go over six k as we kind of went on that one already. Um, give me three GPP plays that you'd like to build around this week.
0: Um, I, I mean, you know, starting with Keith and and, and Thomas, I, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a really cool starting spot is just that this course fit narrative, you know, might be, might, might do well for those two guys. Um, and then, you know, if you're throwing in a low loan guy, I mean, I don't, I don't mind going back to burger. I think eventually he's going to put it together. You know, he's now at two straight made cuts. Um, and just, he's just not able to kind of keep it in contention for very long, if at all. But, uh, you know, at 75, we get a price decrease in a lesser, you know, you know weaker field so
1: yeah and I, I want to remind everybody we don't talk about our picks beforehand but i have um i have Mitchell Peters and Piercy. so we're almost identical there i think that's a fun gpp start to a to a to a lineup um who do you have on your cash kind of targets
0: yeah i would look at like Sabatini and Piercy. there um i mean that that just tilts me already just saying those two names in cash uh
1: <laughs> but yeah, this week rough.
0: this week is worse than last i mean we had a pretty good discussion in the slack last week about how sharp pricing was last week and that was in a much stronger field and this pricing is good for this field yep. um but it's it's tilting as i'll get out and then brian Stewart at 7400
1: i like it i buying the sabs rcb and kevin nah that would be my start to cash all right. I already mentioned I have RCB forty-five to one as a target. I have two other ones written down. What would you have? I have ones Keith Mitchell. Do you like Keith Mitchell as well?
0: To what now? To win. To win. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Keith is he could most definitely. He's, 30, he's
1: thirty-five to one.
0: Yeah, that's really short for fucking Keith Mitchell. Even no, though he's he's already won this year, so I guess I gotta get used to saying that uh, as far as him being a um, champion. On the PGA Tour. Um, Somebody who maybe is a a little bit longer odds. uh, You know, looking at somebody like Russell Knox. Russell Knox. He's 60
1: to 1.
0: Mm, It's not terrible.
1: Yeah, Mitchell, RCB, and then Seamus Powers at 66 to 1. I think he could have some fun out here. What's Peters? Uh, Peters is 50 to 1.
0: See, I would rather bite on Peters. Yeah, I'd rather bet on Peters than I would Knox. Yeah, I think so, Peter's,
1: Peters at 51 has got some life to it for sure.
0: Yeah, he, he and I would I would think that that would come down, but maybe it won't. I don't know.
1: We'll see. We'll see if anybody that listens to our show goes crazy and puts out 1,000-dollar bets on it. We'll see. Um, but that wraps us up this week, Jesse. Any final thoughts last week before the second major of the year?
0: I don't, man. Tiger's back next week.
1: Yep, Tiger's living the dream of the best schedule ever created for golf now, so he's doing his thing. Yeah, he's at the White House tonight. Yep, he's, he's, and he's not getting fast food, I'll tell you that much. So, you don't I, think? You don't think they're feeding Tiger McDonald's? I have a feeling him and Donald's, they're actually buddy-buddy. I think they're having a good meal tonight, just a hunch. Buy some of that fine wine out of the, the cabinet over there in the White House. I imagine it's a pretty good night.
0: Hey, dude, what about two, though? I, I, bar off is the one who actually mentioned this, but why was Tiger not wearing his green jacket?
1: That was on. I was wondering dude, they, why. Why would you not wear that there?
0: They were, they were like they were dressed in the exact same. Like it was really, it was. It's really odd that they were like the same blue. I don't know, yeah. and the same tie.
1: It's very presidential know. look he had going. on.
0: It was weird to me. Yeah, why would you not wear your green jacket? I don't know.
1: That that whole thing. I was wore weird. that
0: everywhere. I mean, dude was wearing it at the fucking restaurant with shorts with ball shorts on.
1: Yeah, remember when Patrick Reed won last year? He was wearing it to the Lakers games, to wherever he was. He had that damn thing on. Oh. So yeah, I think I'd be sleeping in that thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, for Tiger, it's no big deal. He's had, he's got plenty of them. He'd probably lose. He'd probably grab the wrong one on accident. Didn't fit him anymore. Good. But all right, that wraps us up. Check out Jesse on Twitter at DFS Golf Gods podcast, and always press DFS and give us a rating and review on iTunes. We'd much much appreciate it. I'm on Twitter at trick and we'll be back with you next week. But for now, this was the always-pressing PGA DFS podcast, previewing the 2019 AT&T Byron Nelson Classic. Catch you guys next time.